0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And a pleasant good morning to you, wherever you may be, however you may be listening to this podcast. Welcome to the newest episode of the Believe in the Hub of Champions podcast with your host, Shuki Wright. Hope all of you are having a tremendous start to your week, as we are recording as of this Monday morning here in the greater Boston metro region. And it's been quite a weekend, and it's been quite a... 24 hours to say the least and i figure on this monday morning as i'm even approaching crunch time i figured that somehow some way i got to get an episode out and that's exactly what i am doing so with this episode i want to touch on primarily the bruins you know also get in the celtics as well and acknowledge the fact that the that the red sox um, that they, they had their weekend series against the Tigers and wish that they um, took care of business as well. So, but a lot of it is going to be about the Bruins and rightfully so, because last night, Sunday night, the Boston Bruins set the new NHL record for wins in a regular season with 63 in a 5-3 win over the Philadelphia Flyers. And... That record, which many believed and thought that there wasn't going to be a way that a team was going to be able to break that record for quite some time, especially after what the Lightning did in 2018-19, it's special. This is very, very special, and and I said this a lot on social media, in which you can follow me on Twitter at ShukriWrites, at um, ShukriWrites for TikTok as well, SWritesRadio underscore for Instagram I mentioned that if you go back to last July, last August, how many of you would have expected or thought that this team was going to be as dominant as they have been so far? Right, not many of you. Heck, I didn't even expect it at all. And to be completely honest with you, I didn't have the highest of expectations for the Bruins coming into this season, especially given that all of that they, they had to overcome in terms of the injuries, Brad Marchand misses significant time to start the year. Charlie McAvoy misses significant time to start the year. Matt Grzymkowski missing on um, significant time to start the year. All of those things, and the uncertainty of whether David Krejci was going to come back, as well as the question marks around Patrice Bergeron's return, as well, and the uncertain future of the Boston Bruins, considering that, that that they had made the controversial decision to fire Bruce Cassidy, who had a pretty successful run here in Boston as the head coach of the Boston Bruins, there were a lot of question marks surrounding this team. No one knew what to really make of the Boston Bruins going into the 2022-2023 season. And when Jim Montgomery took over as head coach of the Boston Bruins in the summer of 2022, I don't think anybody could have foreseen just how much the coaching change would help no one could have foreseen just how much the trades would impact that were made by Don Sweden the general manager of the Boston Bruins would have on this team I'm talking about the trade of Eric Holler for Pavel Zaka that that trade has been a home run trade all season long. And then, oh, by the way, they were able to offer him a new four-year contract extension um, back in back in January. How they like them apples. And then Don Sweeney goes out at the trade deadline. Goes out and acquires Garner Hathaway and Tyler Brutuzzi and as well as Dimitri Arlov. I mean, my goodness. And all three of those moves have paid off immensely for this Boston Bruins team. I don't know about you, but with all of those things being said, that is the reason why I strongly believe that this achievement that the Bruins accomplished last night in Philadelphia is so special that When you combine all of those factors and everything that I just broke down for you, it is absolutely difficult. If you're a person who believes in appreciating the accomplishment in the moment and when it first happens, it is completely unfathomable to to have thought that this Bruins team, with everything that's gone on, including the major mishap earlier this season in which the Bruins signed Mitchell Miller and and all that controversy that that it entailed as well, that this team was going to have the year that it would have. And even as I sit here to record this podcast on a Monday morning, I am astonished that even that controversy earlier this season, because no matter how you want how you want to like slice it or dice it or whatever it's part of the story of the 2022 2023 Bruins it forever will be but it somehow galvanized the team even more even though the Bruins would lose the very first game they would play after after that controversy um took place in which they were, they were in Toronto they lost that game 2 to 1 they would bond and that bond would even increase it would tighten, which is something that you just don't see like what most teams. Controversies like that tends to break locker rooms apart. In fact, it even brought the locker room closer of the Boston Bruins. And it's it's remarkable when you think about how the message for Jim Montgomery had that he delivered throughout this season and even going back to training camp that it resonated as well as it has in that Bruins locker room. And also, I want to touch on Jake DeBrusque for just a moment. Because if you want to look at players who have had a huge impact on this team this season so far, Jake DeBrusque has got to be on top of your list. Because if you go back to last summer, and remember, Jake DeBrus had a trade request that was submitted to the Boston Bruins. And at the end of last season, we all knew and were aware of the strained relationship between Jake DeBrusque and as well as Bruce Cassidy. As Bruce Cassidy had been particularly hard on him, and not just only him, but but the way that he would de- deliver his blunt messages in the media, it had begun to wear thin on the locker room, but especially Jake DeBrusque, who we know that it impacted the most. Jake DeBrusque's development this season on that top line with Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand has been an absolute revelation and then some. I'm not just talking only in terms of the goal scoring. I'm talking about his ability to be defensively responsible, which has been quite noticeable at times. And not just only at times, but throughout the entire season, to, to give him his full flowers. To give credit where it's fully due. And DeBrusque, along with the other young core guys that are on the team, notably Charlie McAvoy, obviously. Um, Charlie Coyle, who is in the prime of his career. And as as well as like Matt Grizzlick, you know, like th- those are those are a bunch of guys that are also leaders on the team, whether they have the alternate captain Patch or not. But it is no question in my mind that Jake Debrusque, his maturity and his elevation and his game plan on that top line has worked absolute wonders for this Boston Bruins team. And then, oh, by the way, not to be forgotten either, you can sit here and we could talk about Hampus Lindholm. Hampus Lindholm has been a legitimate Norris Trophy contender for much of the season. In fact, at one point, he had the best plus-minus rating in the NHL. That's how good he's been. But we could sit here and go all day, all afternoon, and all night talking about how this Bruins team has absolutely blown away expectations that was previously had at the beginning of the season, now the expectation is to win the Stanley Cup and nothing else. Just getting to the Stanley Cup final would not be enough for this Boston Bruins team. And we all know that. And this team and the way that the season has gone for the Boston Bruins, it is amazing to think about all of the storylines, all of the different, I would say, all of the different um, reasons and all of the different players who have had big impacts on this team, especially Lennis Olmark and Jeremy Swayman, I can't help but to just drop my jaw out of absolute astonishment and amazement by how those two have been and have become the best goalie tandem in the NHL. And it's not even close. I don't think there's a close second at all. So with all of that being said. On this Monday morning. On the morning after. The Bruins set the new NHL record for wins in a regular season. And. They are also one win away. From breaking the single season points record. That that had been held Previously by the 1976-1977 Montreal Canadiens, that team that that would go on to win the Stanley Cup. Coming up next, who gets the credit? Is it all Jim Montgomery or Don Smith? Or do you say both? I'm going to share with you my thoughts coming up next here on the Believe in the Hub of Champions podcast with your host, Shukri Wright. Don't go anywhere. someone who's being bullied online send the witness emoji it looks like an eye in a speech bubble and it's in the symbol section near the clocks in your phone you'll let the world know it isn't cool and you'll let your friend know you care learn more about the witness emoji at eyewitnessbullying.org brought to you by the ad council Welcome back to the latest edition of the Believe in Hub of Champions podcast with your host, Shukri Wrights. You're listening to this podcast on iHeartRadio and wherever you get your podcasts. I appreciate you always checking it out. I appreciate my listeners and those who are tuning in, and especially those that are tuning in for the first time. As as I did say, that I was going to be increasing the content that I was going to be putting out, especially as the playoffs approach. And here we are um, on this Monday morning, the day after the Celtics... Regular season has concluded. It concluded with a win yesterday over the Atlanta Hawks. And with the Bruins having now only two games remaining in the regular season. And it's crunch time. The playoffs start officially Saturday for the Boston Celtics game one at TD Garden. And as well as the Boston Bruins Stanley Cup playoff run beginning either Monday, next Monday, Marathon Monday, or the following day on April 18th. But that remains to be seen. We'll know more for sure once the regular season concludes on Thursday, um, either Thursday night or Friday morning after their season finale in Montreal against the Canadiens. So with all of that being said, I wanted to touch on, on one other topic on this podcast this morning as it pertains to the Boston Bruins. And the question that I teased and posed was, who gets more credit, Jim Montgomery or Bruce Cassidy? And I think that's an interesting question because, because when you really look at things, you look at it from 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 an objective point of view, not not with the with the with the Bruins fandom point of view, but rather you take a step back and you look at the big picture. I think that question in itself is more than worthy of a discussion. And I believe, in my humble opinion, I believe Jim Montgomery deserves a lot more of the credit than Don Sweeney does. And that's not to disrespect Don Sweeney because, in fact, I'm going to go as far as to give him credit where it deserves. I give Don Sweeney credit for the moves that he's made to fortify this roster. He deserves a world of credit for making the trade for Pavel Zaka in exchange for Eric Holler. He deserves a world of credit for going out and making the deal with the Washington Capitals, um, going out to acquire Garden Hathaway, Demetri Arloff, in exchange for Craig Smith in draft picks. And he also deserves credit for going out and acquiring Tyler Bertuzzi from the Detroit Red Wings. He deserves a lot of credit for that. But I will also give him blame and a great deal of blame for for signing Mitchell Miller early, earlier this season. And not just only him but as well as Cam Neely. But I'm talking about specifically Don Sweeney because he was the one that made the decision. And as well as his answering of, of questions and dealing or lack thereof with the media in the aftermath of that fallout in in terms of signing Mitch Miller. So there's that and that is as i mentioned in the earlier portion of this podcast that's still going to be forever part of the story of the 2022 2023 Boston Bruins whether you like it or not and you look at the other side of the coin you look at Jim Montgomery Jim Montgomery has had experience coaching before he's coached um and he's coached in the minors he's coached the Dallas Stars he comes to Boston with an air of uncertainty at the time. And I mentioned it um, briefly in the first part of the podcast. You weren't sure if Patrice Bergeron was going to be coming back or not. You weren't sure if David Krejci was going to be returning back to the NHL after playing one year in Czechia, in his native Czechia. You weren't sure if Jake DeBrusk was going to be staying in Boston if he was going to keep his trade request or if he was going to um to resend the, the trade request. And not only just that, you weren't even sure about how things were going to play out between Jeremy Swayman and Lennis Omar. No one really did. And then oh by the way, Brad Marchand Charlie McAvoy, and Matt Grizzlick was expected to miss a significant amount of time. All of those factors that I mentioned, I will say that Jim Montgomery knew that he had his work cut out for him. And when training camp began, Cam Neely said something along the lines, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, that there's something special in this locker room about this year's team. No one really knew what it was just yet. I mean, that that's just being completely truthfully honest. But he sensed that there was something different about this year's team. And the expectations, again, for most people were pretty modest. And that's probably putting it best. And yet, this Bruins scene, with Jim Montgomery at the helm, Early on you could see that there was a difference in his approach with players. How was he with players? He was he was mild. He was more of complimentary, not not to the point where he coddled the players. No. But instead of being the, the brutally honest and downright like harsh approach that sometimes that was the case with Bruce Cassidy, whether you agree or disagree, maybe not harsh, but a little too direct. Maybe the players were, weren't really buying his messages as as much as they once were when he first took over for, for Claude Julien in the middle of the 2016-17 season. But it definitely had worn thin in that locker room and it affected some of the players negatively. But Jim Montgomery had a different approach. He knew that if he was going to get their attention that he was going to have to do things differently than what had been done before by his predecessor, Bruce Cassidy. And that's no shot at Bruce Cassidy. But I've said this before on my radio show, that the one thing that is absolutely true in sports is that messages of head coaches do wear thin. It wears thin after a while. Every head coach in sports, no matter how great they are, no matter how good they are, and hell, no matter how many championships they've won, their messages do wear thin, and at some point they're either they either are let go or the coach themselves said, "Hey, you know what? It's time for me to step away and step down." It happens that's sports, but Jim Montgomery understood that the importance of listening to his players and understanding the the leadership group that was already in place for the Boston Bruins was not only important, but it was already established. So he didn't have to do really much of anything in terms of addressing the the leadership group for this Bruins team. If anything, he was just only going to add where it needed to be added and to tweak whatever that needed to be tweaked. That's all. And what you got was, or should I say is, a rejuvenated group who plays their asses off for their head coach, and you see it on a night in and night out basis. And even when the Bruins had their slumps during this season, and there was extremely few, a few of them, extremely few. There was really two that I could remember. the The one in which that it that went directly into the All Star break and was short, and it was went into very briefly after the All Star break, and then the one that was about a month ago. Where the Bruins, they, they they just weren't playing well. Even then, the Jim Montgomery and I thought that this was really telling. He didn't throw any of the guys under under the bus. He didn't call out the players like in the media the way that Bruce Cassidy did. He didn't turn around and say, "Oh, this player needs to um, be better on the port on the forecheck and and not turn over the um the puck." Jim Montgomery's approach in the locker room definitely played a big role as to the, the camaraderie, the chemistry, the, the overall vibes of this Bruins team and the way that the season has gone. I think it made a huge difference. And even with two games remaining, and I really do believe the Bruins, are they're all going to set the new points record for the most points in the regular season. With all of that being said, I think Jim Montgomery deserves a lot more credit than than, than Don Sweeney. And Don Sweeney, and I can't say this enough, this is not to criticize Don Sweeney for his lack of moves or or anything like that. No, I think he's, he's actually, in my book, won the NHL General Manager of the Year, what I think he did. But in terms of the locker room, in terms of, Um, navigating through the uncertainty and as well as the injuries that they had earlier in the season. And even when Jake DeBrus went down with that leg injury that he sustained in a Winter Classic, Jim Montgomery has done a masterful job with this Bruins team, especially on a day-to-day basis. Even though they did have their slumps, they had their injuries, but Jim Montgomery with his even kill, half-glass approach with the Bruins players – Has been a massive reason for their success and their willingness to play as hard as they do for their coach. There's no denying that at all. And I think Jim Montgomery in fact should win the Jack Adams award. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when he does. It should shock absolutely nobody. Coming up next, I just want to wrap up this podcast with sharing with you My thoughts on the Celtics wrestling season that that just wrapped up yesterday at home against the Atlanta Hawks. That and much more, cover that next. Don't worry. Do you get tired of styling your hair every day? And do you want a good hairstyle every day? Hi, I'm Sarah Schuster. I went on a website called inventnow.org. And after that, I decided to invent something too. Something called the insta Just imagine, you just put it over your head like a helmet does, and you pick your hairstyle with the buttons on the side. And you can have instant hairstyle in seconds. People like it. People like Jeff Bart. I like it. And people like Kenneth. It's this helmet thing, and it fits over your head, and it's great Thank you, and- Kenneth. You should go to inventnow.org, and it could help you come up with your own invention. After all, look at me on the radio now. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions or just play some games at inventnow.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Believe in a Hub of Champions podcast with your host, Shukri Wright. Just want to share with you my quick thoughts on the Boston Celtics season that just concluded yesterday in their regular season finale win over the Atlanta Hawks. And I thought that the Celtics season in itself – they underachieved considering that they did have the best record in the NBA at one point at one point they looked like they were an unstoppable force they did have an okay regular season i th- i thought that it was it was all right could it have been better yes could they have finished with the best record in the NBA Absolutely, they could have. And they, in fact, I think they should have. However, what I will say is that when they hit their slump, the start of the second half of the NBA um, season after the All-Star break, I thought that this team, like despite the talent on the roster, in more ways than one, I felt as if that this was a team that was um, really – finding ways to lose especially blowing big leads late in games most notably the Knicks game the Nets game and you know losing to Houston and and just really just losing like the confidence and also not to forget that loss against the Cavaliers um, in which they blew a double-digit lead as well and I believe that stretch of basketball really cost the Celtics the number one seed it not only in the East, but in terms of the NBA as well, where they could have had the the, the home court advantage throughout the entire playoffs as long as they're in it. But instead, they're going to have to settle for having a home court advantage throughout until they have to play the Milwaukee Bucks. And that's where Milwaukee would have home court advantage. I don't fear the Celtics being able to go on the road and be able to win let's say a game seven on the road because they did that last season um against the Miami heat but man they made it they made it a lot more tougher than on themselves than they had to um and wished that they lost the number one seed and I just think that in itself is the reason why I'm a little disappointed I am gonna nitpick here. But the Celtics, they should be the number one team, number one seed right now as as the playoffs begin in earnest on Saturday. They should be. But apart from that, I also do think that this has been a a really fascinating season for Joe Mazzula and for the Celtics organization as a whole. Especially when you think about everything that had transpired since the summer. The Celtics going out and trading for Malcolm Brogdon, which not only worked out, but Malcolm Brogdon is such a huge part of the Celtics team. And definitely, I believe he will win the the six-man-of-the-year award in the NBA. And when you think about Danilo Gallinetti going down to injury during the summer, training, getting ready um, for the the upcoming season i believe he injured oh he had the injury um while he was playing internationally for 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 italy and and then as well as how can we all forget about the the massive controversy and scandal surrounding former head coach email Odoka before the season began and how that have impacted things in terms of the Celtics organization, in terms of them having a pivot from Udoka to Joe Mozilla as well, and as well as um everything that that had gone on as it pertains to Jalen Brown in terms of um his uh, his uh desire to wanting to um, to be in Boston and the story that 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 he um that he was a part of in which that he was interviewed by the New York Times and he talked about his experience in Boston as a um, as I would say, as a as a black man, I did think that that interview in itself was, was pretty telling. And all in all, with all of that being said, I do think that this Celtics team is still extremely capable of winning an NBA championship. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But I am thinking about the season that was and the season that really was tumultuous, if you really think about it and how they were able to uh, you know, keep their heads above water and to be able to finish strong, especially in, in the last uh, 10, 11 games of the season. So the Celtics' playoffs run begins Saturday, Game 1 at TD Garden, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, tip-off. It's going to be fun. We'll find out in the in the next few days as to who the Celtics will be playing in Round 1. If the, If it is Miami, it is going to be quite a series. It's going to be really fascinating because they will be playing the winner of the 7 versus 8 seed matchup in the NBA playing tournament as well. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Believe in a Hub of Champions podcast with your host, be right I hope you enjoyed the podcast. As always, subscribe, download, listen to it wherever you get your podcast. Hope you enjoy the rest of your Monday, and we'll talk again soon. Take care, everybody.